Well, it's Easter Sunday morning, also known as Resurrection Sunday. And today is perhaps the most celebrated day in the entire Christian calendar. And um, last week we talked about Palm Sunday, which kicks off what we call Passion Week, also known as Holy Week. Now each day has a name, but there's certain days that are more widely celebrated than others. For example, some traditions celebrate Spy Wednesday, which is the day that commemorates when Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Others practice foot washing on Thursday for what we call Maundy Thursday. This represents the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples and he washed their feet and he gave them a commandment to love one another. But perhaps the most popular day of Holy Week outside of Easter itself is what we call Good Friday. Good Friday is the day that we remember and commemorate the crucifixion. Good Friday focuses on the betrayal in the garden when Jesus was interrogated by the high priest, eventually tried by Pontius Pilate, and as we all know, crucified by his own people. Good Friday reminds us that Jesus was beaten and betrayed, that he was mocked and mistreated and ultimately mangled. And when it's all said and done, he was nailed to a cross. And on that cross, he hung his head and gave his last breath so that we could be set free from our sins. Before he gave his last breath, he spoke these words, it is finished. And it was through the cross that we as Christians receive eternal life. We believe that through his work on the cross, our debt was paid, our sins were forgiven. And now we have the ability to get to the Father because Jesus went through the cross. But for the Christian, it doesn't end with the cross because we believe that three days later, Jesus Christ rose again. Hence, here we are today on Resurrection Sunday. Now, the Baptist part of me wants to go from Friday to Sunday. Some of you may not know, I'm actually licensed and ordained Baptist. Now I probably consider myself Baptist, Pentecostal, non-denominational, charismatic. Um, I embrace what God is doing and how he's moving. But the Baptist part of me just wants to get to the resurrection and to talk about and preach about how he rose. But this year is different. And as I walk through the Holy Week, like I've done for many years, God had me pay very close attention to Holy Saturday. Now, this is a day that I really haven't spent a lot of time on, once again, because Good Friday and the Resurrection Sunday are the most celebrated days of Holy Week. But I believe prophetically God had me deal with Holy Saturday, and I believe there's something that he wants us to gain, especially in the midst of all the craziness that's going on. Can you imagine the atmosphere of the land the day after Jesus died? Jesus had spent the last three years um, building a movement. People were literally following him, coming from other lands just to hear him speak and to watch him perform miracles. Everywhere Jesus went, there was a crowd, sometimes 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 people in one place just to hear Jesus speak. And on top of that, there were disciples. There were 12 of them who had dedicated and devoted their entire lives to following Jesus. They left everything to follow this man who claimed to be the Christ. People listened to his words. 
Some believed, some didn't. But he would talk about the fact that he would have to eventually leave. And we know that this was the prophecy of him going to the cross. But yet there were so many people who didn't understand what he was saying while he was alive. And here we have the crucifixion. They had just witnessed the greatest cosmic conspiracy and spectacle ever known, the Son of God, mangled and crucified on the cross. Can you imagine what it was like in Jerusalem the day after the crucifixion? We already know that the disciples were scattered. I imagine many people walked around with their heads down because they had really believed that there was something special about Jesus. You had those who were skeptics. I'm sure deep down on the inside, they were wishing that there would be some final spectacle, something that they could see. One more trick from this guy who claimed to be the Messiah. Perhaps he was just going to pop up out of nowhere or come down from the cross, but that didn't happen. And then there were those who had committed everything to follow him. Imagine giving up your business, giving up your family, letting go of all your earthly possessions to follow after this teacher. They had bought into the ideas that Jesus had presented. And now, not only their Messiah was gone, but their teacher was gone. Their mentor was gone. They had real major life decisions to make. Life after this man named Jesus. But then there were those who were in his core. These were his family members. These were people who saw him not just as Messiah, but they saw him as son. They saw him as brother. They saw him as friend and had very deep hurts because their friend was no longer here. Can you imagine the atmosphere the Saturday after the crucifixion? I, I, I want us to soak it in because you can't really value the resurrection until you deal with the sobriety of Saturday. You, you can't really embrace the excitement of Resurrection Sunday without understanding the apprehension of Holy Saturday. And in this moment, we see this tension and, and, and people are sad. People are upset. People are grieving because this man named Jesus was just killed in a public forum. On Friday night, Jesus was hanging on the cross after he committed his spirit to the Father. He hung lifeless. Someone had to pull him down from the cross. According to scripture, they put him in a borrowed tomb, a borrowed tomb from a man named Joseph. After they put him in that tomb, the Roman government, they stationed guards on the outside of that tomb to make sure there was no funny business. See, they had heard as well that this man claimed that he would be resurrected after he was killed. And they wanted to make sure that there was no one coming uh, to try to stage some, some heist and take Jesus' body to, to try to excite people and make them think that this myth had come true. And eventually there were three women, Mary Magdalene, a woman named Joanna, and a woman named Mary, mother of James, who went on Friday night with spices and perfumes to anoint and prepare Jesus' body for burial. The scripture indicates in Luke chapter 23 that they had the spices and they had the oils and the perfume and they went to go see Jesus' body, but they didn't prepare the body that night. Why? 
Because according to scripture, if you look at Luke 23 and 56, the scripture says that they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. They were ready to give Jesus a proper burial, but the law interrupted it. I, I want you to hear that again. They were ready. They desired to give Jesus a proper burial, but the law prohibited it. The law hindered their desire to give Jesus the proper burial that they felt like he deserved. Here's what I see prophetically. This sounds a lot like where we are right now with COVID-19. There are thousands of people across the world who have lost their loved ones unexpectedly to the coronavirus. And guess what? All they want to do is give their family members a proper burial. But the law has interrupted it. Uh, this Tuesday, we will lay my mother in love to rest. She passed last week from COVID-19. But because of all of the restrictions related to social distancing, we'll have 15 minutes in the chapel for a viewing and for a committal service. Only five people can be in the chapel at one time for this 15 minute service. We'll follow her body to her final resting place. But because of COVID-19, we can't even get out of the car to pay our last respects. All we want to do is give mom a proper burial, but the law won't permit it. There are people who are hurting right now because they can't grieve the way that they would desire to grieve. And, and my prayer is that by the time this message is done, for all those people who are watching, who have already lost a loved one, or, or who want to wrap your arms around those who are grieving, the crazy thing is we can't even help those who are grieving because we can't just pop up at their house and give them a hug because of social distancing. So even those of us who haven't lost someone close, but we know someone who's lost someone close, we're frustrated and we're upset because we can't do what we feel like is proper because the law has interrupted it. But I'm here to share good news. So if you're feeling like I'm feeling, hold on because there's hope at the end of this message. These three women had to pause for the Sabbath. They had to observe the law. So that Friday, they had all of their perfumes. They had all of their oils ready, but they took a break for the Sabbath and they came back three days later. Luke 24 verse one says, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices that they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in and did not find the body of their Lord Jesus. Can you imagine the initial shock and dismay as they walked back to this tomb the day after the Sabbath and the tomb was open? And then they looked in and they did not see Jesus. Can you imagine all the thoughts that were racing through their head? Did someone steal the body? Was this some act of vandalism? The scripture literally says in verse four that they were greatly perplexed about this. But then they saw two men who stood by them with shining garments. These were no ordinary men. 
These were angels. These were divine messengers, and they had a message for these women. They were so amazed by this sight and they recognized that they were standing in the presence of holiness that according to verse five, they were afraid. These women, they bowed their faces to the earth and they said to these men, or rather the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek the living among the dead? See, they came looking for a dead Jesus. They came with their oils. They came with their perfumes because they had their process of grief and they wanted to make sure that they prepared his body for their final burial. But the angel said, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? They, they were trying to tell them that Jesus was not dead. Look at verse six. They said it plainly. He is not here. Jesus ain't in the grave. <laughs> He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee? In other words, the angels were saying, replay in your mind. Let's go back in the time. Let's remember what Jesus said. And when you read the Gospels, Jesus was preparing people for his absence. Jesus was preparing people for his crucifixion, but they just didn't get it. And the angel was saying, remember what he said. Go back to Galilee. You remember when he said that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And like a light bulb coming on, verse eight says, and they remembered his words. They remembered his words. Oh, yeah. Jesus did say a lot of weird stuff. And he would talk about the fact that he was going to lay down his life and pick it up. He would say things like, I will destroy this temple and rebuild it in three days. And people, it just totally went over their heads. But in this moment, they remembered. Jesus said that he was going to conquer death. Jesus wasn't saying goodbye. Jesus was simply saying, see you later. There was a movie that I watched years ago. The name of the movie is John Q and John Q stars Denzel Washington, one of the, the best actors in the world. And he plays this character named John Quincy Archibald. And, and the issue is that his son, who is nine years old, needs a heart transplant. And because his insurance will not cover it and because the government will not help him, John Q takes matters into his own hands. So he decides to take an entire emergency room hostage. He actually doesn't intend to hurt anyone, but if he doesn't get a transplant for his son, he's already decided in his heart that he's going to take his own life so that his son can have his heart. When it's all said and done, a donor eventually comes through, but John Q has to pay for the fact that he committed a crime according to the law of the land. And the last scene of the movie is a courtroom. And in that courtroom, they pronounce the sentence for John Q. As John Q is getting ready to be taken out of the courtroom, his son looks at him and says, goodbye. And you know, Denzel pauses in a way that only Denzel Washington, Washington can do. He pauses and he, he looks back at his son. And, and this is what he says. He said, it's not goodbye. It's see you later. It's not goodbye. It's see you later. See, goodbye has a certain finality to it. 
Goodbye. Chapter close. Goodbye. It's done. But Jesus didn't say goodbye. He said, see you later. In the words of the Terminator, I'll be back. Jesus wasn't gone forever. He said, I will rise from the dead three days later. It's not goodbye. I'll see you later. That's what he tried to communicate to folks when we read through the Gospels. And then he actually dies, but then he actually raises himself from the dead. It's not goodbye. It's, it's see you later. And here's the hope that we have as believers. And I need you to really embrace this. He is the resurrected king. The book of Luke continues to show Jesus appearing to the disciples who they had forgotten all that he said. And, and finally, they remembered. He presented himself to many people. And according to scripture, he ascended up to heaven. But before he ascended, he told the disciples to wait for the power to come. That power was the Holy Spirit. And now we as Christian believers, when we are saved, when we confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, he places the Holy Spirit inside of us to dwell within us. Holy Spirit dwells within every believer. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. But the Holy Spirit is also a comforter. The Holy Spirit also is a deposit, a guarantee, according to Scripture, that identifies us as belonging to the Father. What am I trying to say? Jesus has been resurrected. And because we are saved, those of us who are in Christ and we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, one day we will pass from this life to the next. Either we'll die a common death or one day Jesus will come back will be taken up with him. But here's what I need you to understand about this life as a believer. One day Jesus is coming back or one day we're going to see him. So it's not goodbye. It's see you later. And here's the blessed hope of this resurrection. It's the reality that those who die in Christ, we will see them again for those whom we've lost along the way. Family members, if they died in Christ, it's not goodbye. It's see you later. And maybe like these three women, you wish you could provide a proper burial, a proper anointing, a proper final rite for those who have already passed on. But let me share something with you. That body, according to scripture, is just a shell. Even when we have funerals, that body is just a shell. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That person's soul has already left. If they died in Christ. They've already beat you to the place that Jesus has already prepared for you. See, Jesus had to go before us. Jesus was resurrected first so that we will eventually be resurrected. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. He says, in my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. 
Jesus has already gone ahead of us to prepare a place for us. He's already conquered death in the grave, which means that if and when we die, it's not the end because there's a place prepared for us. One of the disciples, his name was Thomas. You might know him as Doubting Thomas. Thomas gets a bad rap, but Thomas just wants Jesus to make it clear and plain. So in verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how do we know the way? Jesus said to him, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus was helping Thomas to understand that there is an eternal place for every believer in him. He had to go ahead of us to prepare it for us. That's why he had to go through death in the grave to make an opening for us. And as he resurrected, he created a path for us to get to the Father. It was through him. So today on Easter Sunday, today on Resurrection Sunday, I, I wanna speak to a few classes of people. First off, I want to speak to those of you who are skeptics, who have not received Jesus as Lord and Savior. You picked a wonderful service to join us. I know it's Easter and many of you might be watching today because it's the right thing to do or maybe just out of tradition, you feel like I should be somewhere connected to a church or in some type of service on Easter Sunday morning. Or maybe you, you haven't really followed Christ and you haven't been involved with church, but but because of all the craziness that's going on in the world and, and all of the death and all of the disease, something within you is saying, you need, to, you need to know, you need to be solid on what you believe. And so you join this broadcast and you're watching other broadcasts and maybe you're watching YouTube videos because you're trying to grasp onto something. Let me tell you something about the Lord that we serve. We serve a God who sent his only begotten son to die for us on the cross. And through his death, we receive eternal life. Why is Good Friday so good? Because Jesus paid the debt for our sins. And we believe that you are saved by faith alone. You are saved by faith alone. There's not enough good works that we can do to earn our salvation. But Jesus, through his death on the cross, paid the price for our sins. And now we can get to the Father. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. You got to go through Jesus to get to heaven. And today he is offering you the opportunity to eternal salvation. And it starts with belief. In the midst of all this grief, it starts with belief. You can be saved right now in your living room, right now in your kitchen. You have to ask Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. We believe some crazy stuff. We believe in a God who sent his son to die for us. And we believe that he rose from the dead. And I'm just crazy enough to believe that maybe you're watching right now and tears are flowing down your eyes because you're saying it's crazy. But I believe that too. I want to believe. If you want to believe that and you want to receive it, I want to pray with you right now. And we're going to pray that Jesus will become Lord over your life. Father, we thank you so much for the person that's watching right now that needs salvation. I thank you for the skeptic that's watching. I thank you for the former atheist or the agnostic that's watching. And there's something compelling about Jesus, so much so that they would sit to this entire broadcast and listen 
to this preacher preach about this crazy guy named Jesus who rose from the dead. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring salvation to them right now. Father, as they lift their hands in their living room, I pray that they would confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. I pray that they would ask Jesus to be Lord over their life. I pray that they would make a confession of belief right now. And as they make that confession of belief right now, Father, would you meet them and save them in the name of Jesus? Holy Spirit, would you meet them and save them in the name of Jesus? Would you forgive them of their sins? Forgive them of their shortcomings. Forgive them of their slip-ups and their mess-ups, dear God. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, there is no condemnation for those who are in you. So, Father, I pray that you would wash away all the guilt. I pray that you would forgive them of their sins. According to your scripture, bring salvation to their home right now in the name of Jesus. Let someone, even if it's just one person watching the replay of this broadcast, let them receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let me tell you something. If you made a decision for Christ right now, if you ask Jesus to become Lord over your life, I need you to type it in the comments and say, I gave my life to Jesus. And I want you to take it a step further. Somewhere in the comments, you'll see a link to something that we call a VIP card. Why? Because you're VIP. You are so important to us right now. I need you to fill that card out and let us know about the decision that you made for Jesus because I want to get someone on the phone to call you right now, right after this service, to talk with you about the decision that you have made. You have made the best decision of your life. And what better Sunday to do it than Resurrection Sunday in the midst of a pandemic. You have secured your soul salvation and you should be happy about it because we are happy about it. We rejoice with you because now heaven is your future home and Jesus is your Lord and Savior and your sins have been forgiven. Woo! Man, God is good. And let me tell you something about life after death. If you were to walk out of your house today and lose your life, just know that you're passing from death to life. Eternal life is yours now because of the decision that you've made. And let me speak to those of you who are grieving those of you who are wrestling with all of the disease surrounding you, those who are frustrated, those who are weary, those who are anxious, those who are confused because you thought God was a good God and you can't understand how God would allow all of this death and all of this disease and all this destruction to surround you. Let me remind you that God is sovereign and he's worthy to be praised. Let me remind you that God still has his hand on your life. He still has his hand on the life of this nation and he's got the whole world as they sing in his hands. Even now and somehow, some way, I promise you he's going to get the glory out of this. And what I believe is that God is developing a church of people who are resilient, a people who will praise him literally in the midst of any circumstance and situation. So here's what I need the believers to do. 
I need you to make an altar right now in your living room and in your kitchen. And I need you to take this moment seriously. Stop whatever you're doing. And I need you to lift your hands and worship and begin to cry out to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and begin to worship him like you're in the sanctuary, like you're at the literal altar at your church home. But I need you to make an altar right now in your personal home and begin to cry out to the Lord. It's been a while since we've just had a refreshing. Don't let the air of your home get stale. Don't let the atmosphere of your home get stale. I'm praying for a fresh wind right now to come into your house, into your home, a fresh anointing to move in your space right now. We need God more than we've ever needed him before. I know things are difficult. I know things are tough. I know it's hard trying to raise your kids and still work remotely. I know it's hard to try to raise your kids and still provide food and still pay the mortgage when you just got laid off from your job or furloughed. But I'm here to remind you that God is worthy to be praised even in the midst of this. So I dare you right now to open your mouth and begin to cry out to your God. I dare you right now to begin to worship and to weep and to tell God how worthy he is. He's worthy, especially on Resurrection Sunday. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. It seems like everything's dying around me. I just lost someone that I love, but I'm going to continue to worship. Like Martha, I'm going to worship even though Lazarus has died because I know where my belief is and I believe that he is the resurrection. I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm going to worship him in spirit and in truth. Open your mouth right now and give God a resurrection praise, a praise worthy of Easter Sunday morning, a praise worthy of acknowledging that Jesus conquered death and the grave. They placed him on the cross and they took him down from that cross and placed him in a tomb. But the scripture indicates that on the third day, he rose with all power in his hands. He is the resurrected king. He has all power power in his hands and he is highly exalted. He is still on the throne. He's still performing miracles. He's still seeing about us in the midst of our despair. He still is giving us beauty for ashes, joy for our sadness. He wants us to exchange right now the garment of heaviness for the garment of praise. So why don't you just take a moment to praise the Lord in your living room for just a few more minutes. Let's give him worship. If you've never worshiped before and you've never lifted your hands before, let this be a unique opportunity for you here in your living room, in your kitchen, in your home office. Begin to give God praise. If you don't know what to say, just say you're worthy, Jesus. We exalt you, Jesus. We lift you up, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah to your name, oh great and mighty God, oh mighty conqueror. You conquered death in the grave. You are awesome in this place. You are awesome in my home. You are Lord over my house. You are Lord over my mind. You are Lord over my body. Begin to tell the sickness that's in your body that it's got to flee and submit to the power of the conquering king. Begin to plead the blood of Jesus over your home, over your children, over your family, over your neighborhood, over your community, over this state, over this region, and over this country, and over this world. Father, would you exalt your in the midst of this. Would you get the glory in the midst of this? Father, we need you like never before. Lord, we need you like never before. 
Father, we need you like never before. And we cry out to you, O great and mighty King. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. You've been good in spite of all of this. For every complaint, we have five to ten blessings that we can acknowledge. So we take a moment to count our blessings one by one. Thank you for food on our table. Thank you for clothes on our back. Thank you for shelter over our heads. Thank you for an internet to be able to watch this broadcast. Thank you for a television screen or a mobile device or a computer to be able to connect with believers all across the world. Thank you for the help that we do have. We might have a fever right now, but thank you for the faculty of our minds and the clapping of our hands and the singing of our lips. You're worthy, oh great and mighty God. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. You're worthy in spite of. We give you praise. We give you glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Make me a house of prayer. Make our homes a house of prayer. Make our homes a place of worship. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to your name. We pray healing for all those who have sickness in their body right now. The scripture says, by your stripes we are healed. We still believe you to be a healer, dear God. We know that some have passed on, but I declare and decree right now that it's not everybody's time right now. I declare and decree that right now there's somebody that's watching. It's not their time to leave. So I pray that they would fight, that they would press through their sickness, that they would press through their fever, that they would praise you through the midst of their high blood pressure, that they would not lie down, but they would fight this thing with everything that they've got because there's still a tomorrow for them. You still have a promise and a purpose for them. You still have things inside of them that still have to come forth, that still have to be accomplished. You still have children that you want them to raise, generations that you want them to nurture. You have things inside of them that you want them to pour out into the next generation. Father, I speak life right now in the name of Jesus. I speak resurrection power in the name of Jesus. Even for someone that's listening right now that feels like they're on their deathbed, that feels like they can't go on another day, that feels like their breathing is struck, that feels like their breathing is short. Father, I pray that you would breathe the breath of life. Breathe the breath of life into them right now. Resuscitate them right now. Father, breathe into them again. Let them breathe regularly. Let their breathing be regulated because the breath of life is here. The new of the Holy Spirit is here. Father, move by your power. Move with your compassion. Heal the sick, dear God. And Father, I even pray that you raise the dead. Perhaps right now, somebody's redlining, somebody's coding. But Lord God, you're moving in the midst of that hospital room. You're moving in the midst of that ICU. You're moving and you're breathing through that ventilator. It's not over, but Father, you are resurrecting right now. Hallelujah. Let there be testimonies of miracles after today. On Easter Sunday, let there be miracles in the midst of the death. Let there be miracles, testimonies of how you move by your power and by your might. Father, we still believe in the midst of our grief. We still believe in the midst of those whom we've lost. We still believe that you have a purpose and a plan. We still believe. We still believe. We still believe, oh God. We still believe, oh God, 
We still believe in the midst of this. We still believe in the midst of this. We still believe in the midst of this. We know that you can heal, even if you choose not to, we still believe, oh God. We know that you can deliver, even if you choose not to, we still believe. Like the three Hebrew boys walking into the fire, they refused to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar. But they made a statement, they knew that you could deliver them. But even if you didn't, they refused to bow down to the idols of the culture. And right now, we refuse to buy down to the idols of this culture. Even with our last dying breath, we'll give you praise. We'll give you glory. We'll give you honor. We'll give you worship. Because you're worthy in spite of. Hallelujah to your name. Thank you, Father, for this time that we've spent together. Continue to be exalted and continue to be glorified. Continue to be lifted up. We are still people of faith in the midst of this. Despite all that we've lost, we will continue to praise you. We'll continue to worship you because you're worthy. Because you're worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is still worthy to be praised even in the midst of all of this. When Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't goodbye. It was see you later. Joy comes in the morning. Sometimes morning is on the other side in eternity. But don't you forget that Jesus has prepared a place for you. He's prepared a place for me. It's not goodbye. It's not goodbye. It's see you later. See you later. We're getting ready to close, but before you're through, before we're through, I want you to watch this video that reminds us that it's no longer goodbye. We can say goodbye to pain, goodbye to disappointment, goodbye to addiction, goodbye to guilt, goodbye to sin. And ultimately, we'll say goodbye to death because the grave couldn't hold Jesus and the grave won't hold us. Father, I thank you for all that has happened today. You've moved in a unique and a divine way in the midst of this service. I thank you for the residue of the glory that's in people's homes now. I thank you for the fresh oil that's been poured out, the fresh oil, the fresh oil of worship as it is now adhered to the walls and to the ceilings and to the doors, dear God, as we move from Easter into this new acts, the new acts of the church in the midst of COVID-19, because after the resurrection was the ascension and after the ascension came the Holy Spirit and after the Holy Spirit came, the church was solidified. Bring the church to a new place. Bring the church to a new authority. Help us walk in it after all this is said and done, let us be bearers of your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.